Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Now, some do it for passive income, others to support crypto projects that they love. When you lock in crypto assets for a set period of time to help support the operation of a blockchain, you're effectively staking. But what do you get in return for locking in your assets? And now that many blockchains use a proof-of-stake consensus mechanism, the most well-known perhaps being Ethereum after its merge, has this changed returns for staking? And which platforms, you might ask, should you choose? How can you assess the best staking platforms? Well, we hope by the end of this conversation, you'll have answers to those questions. Faroz Mandora is Managing Director for APEC at Gemini, which is a cryptocurrency exchange live here in Singapore. Faroz, good morning. Good morning, Michelle. Thank you for having me on your lovely show. Oh, what a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for being here with us. Now, we understand that Gemini has just launched Gemini Staking. Now, this is a product that's available in Singapore, in Hong Kong and the United States. And before I get into understanding that, I wonder if we could take a step back and have you give us a, a tour and an understanding of what staking is. So, staking is the process by which a user would lock up their cryptocurrency onto the blockchain in order for a transaction processor to process cryptocurrency transactions. In this process, the user will generate a return because there are rewards associated with transaction processing. Just in the same way that previously mining used to generate rewards for miners, mm-hmm. staking performs the same function, but with a much greater energy efficiency. So we've all heard in the past about how cryptocurrency mining consumes copious amounts of electricity. With this change from proof of work to proof of stake, for Ethereum specifically, there's energy savings around about, say, the 90 to 99% mark. So there's a drastic energy reduction and a great step towards becoming a greener ecosystem. All right. So you mentioned Ethereum and the movement from proof of work to proof of stake and the energy savings there. But now that the merge has occurred, does taking Ethereum yield any difference in terms of what users get in return for locking up their cryptocurrency? So there are a few different ways a user can lock up their crypto. One is through our Gemini Earn program and one is through staking. And they offer different risks because they're different products. For staking, a user can earn up to 3.56% a year for Ethereum and up to about 5.39% for the other token called Matic on the Polygon network. And that yield may vary from time to time because that's a function of the blockchain rewards. All right, let's take a step back. Which Mm -hmm. coins, what kind of crypto coins can be staked on your platform? So on the Gemini platform, we currently support Ethereum and Polygon. All right, so just two coins, yeah? Just two at the moment. Uh, all right, at the moment. Oh, and can you share with us briefly the sort of returns that staking offers? You mentioned there are different projects, uh, mm-hmm. products, right, with different returns. Can you give us a tour of the kind of returns offered? So it depends. It varies by token to token and the specific setup of each individual token because each token has their own, each blockchain may have their own token eligible for staking. So like I said before, Ethereum is around 3.5% and Polygon is around 5%. And that will vary, of course, from time to time as blockchain rewards change depending on demand and supply. 
other tokens that are typically available for staking would be tokens like Polkadot, which we don't have at the moment. Okay. But it's something we are actively looking at. And I think what is important for the user to understand when they're staking is that the token that they hold is being locked up for that duration of the stake. So that the, the risk that they need to be aware of is if they need to trade out of their token during that lockup period, they cannot do so. That's why they're earning a reward. They're pledging it for a minimum tenor. Now, there will be some time in which it takes to unstake or stake their token. So they just need to be aware that during that time when your token is being, a token is being staked, you cannot liquidate that position. And do different platforms offer different uh, sort of minimum lockup periods? Or, you know, is there a variety in terms of the amount of time it will take to release your stake? Yes. So typically it'll take about a couple, a few days to release it. Normally we endeavor to do it much sooner than that. All right. Staking is the second yield generating product that's been launched by Gemini following Gemini Earn. So how is this product different from Gemini Earn? So Gemini Earn is our loan program where the user, where we are arranging loans for the user to lend their cryptocurrency. So that one, I would say, is more similar to any other loan program in the past where you earn a yield from lending money or from lending an asset. Staking, on the other hand, is not a loan. Staking is a process by which the user's cryptocurrency is locked on the blockchain and the process of locking it allows the transaction processor typically called a cryptocurrency miner, is able to use that cryptocurrency to process transactions and to earn processing rewards. I mean, the miner needs to get paid for performing that service. And some of that fee income that the miner earns is shared with the user that stakes their tokens. So it's a different means by which users can seek to earn a return on their cryptocurrency. I often hear in uh, very interested discussions around this topic, users wondering if their minimum account balances and comparing these across the exchanges. Do you have a minimum account balance required of your users? I know. So that's one of the advantages that we think Gemini offers to our users. So if a user wanted to stake their tokens directly on any native blockchain, there'll be a minimum amount. But because we aggregate a lot of user funds, there's no minimum associated with Gemini. All right, what do you think investors really need to know about the opportunities and, and the risks involved in staking? So I would say when it comes to any investment, each user should, each investor should always uh, do their own research as a first port of call. And the two biggest risks that come with staking will be, number one, what is the risk associated with the blockchain lockup period? Because if your tokens are locked up, you're exposed to the price risk during that lockup period. Mm -hmm. Number two, what is the security associated with that particular blockchain? Now, the thing that Gemini offers here is we offer the ability for the user to not have to do to run their own blockchain validators. We offer that as a service and we pull the user's assets so that there's no minimum. And we also guarantee that there will be no penalties for poor transaction performance. So what's locally known as flashing on the blockchain, where there's a penalty attached to a particular trans uh, cryptocurrency miner if they do not perform up to par. Is that slashing? Yes, that would be slashing. So it's a, it's a rather strange name for what is actually a very boring uh, <laughs> phenomenon. It sounds particularly violent. It's just 
when you're processing transactions, you need to process them well. And there'll be certain service level agreements. You need to be up 99% of the time. You need to process them promptly, fairly, honestly, all that sort of stuff that comes with the wonderful world of transaction processing. And what Gemini does is we guarantee that there will be no penalties for poor transaction processing through our platform as part of our uh, representation to the user that we're going to do it well, so we're not going to incur any of these slashing penalties. And speaking of costs, what are the costs involved in staking? So for staking, one, there's going to be on-chain fees. There's going to be the technical lift of running a validator node on that blockchain and the tech work associated with maintaining that, plus the security of locking up the tokens. So if, you're, if a user wanted to lock tokens onto a blockchain, they will need to be very careful with their tokens in terms of performing the blockchain operations and keeping their private keys securely so their tokens cannot be stolen or they don't lose their private keys and then their tokens are effectively lost and they can't recover them or unstake them. So what we do is we offer that as a service as part of our regulated security. Now, I'm curious, do you offer flexible staking periods? Yes, so the user can unstake at any time, and it'll probably take about a day or two before they get their funds returned to them. And interest is paid out hourly? It's paid daily, if I'm not mistaken. All right. Uh, What would you like to say to our listeners in terms of understanding the sort of security and whether or not they should trust platforms as they review different staking sites out there? What's important by way of security? So by way of security in general, not just for staking, would be, number one, how is that platform you're looking at regulated? And don't just take their word for it, but verify directly. If someone says they're regulated by a certain, in a certain jurisdiction or by, for example, say the MAS here in Singapore or the New York Department of Financial Services, I would say always verify whatever representation anyone makes to you. So if someone says they're verified, they are regulated by the MAS, MAS is a very easy-to-use website. Anyone can check who is regulated by the MAS. Same with the New York Department of Financial Services. You can check who they regulate. So one would be what's the regulatory environment that someone chooses to operate in. Two, whenever you're using a service, there's always some very nice and easy marketing that's potentially headline-grabbing and easy to read. Sure. But... Just like, you say, your software upgrade on, or a mobile phone contract, there's always that very boring text of all the user agreements. <laughs> Take the time to read those. Take the time to read that and see exactly what that is the legally binding agreement. Excellent advice. So I know Gemini is a New York trust company. Uh, are you regulated by Singapore or by New York authorities? So our parent, U.S. parent is regulated in the U.S. under the New York Department of Financial Services. And we operate in Singapore as well, and we are regulated by the MES in the sense that we hold and we operate under the Payment Services Act, and we have operate under the exempt status. Got it. And since you've been here in Singapore, you've been able, I'm sure, to witness a lot of the evolution of uh, the sandbox of cryptocurrency. How attractive would you say Singapore is as a crypto hub? I think the beauty of Singapore is number one, regulations here are very robust. Number two, investor protection is very is a very key component of what I think is the MES objectives here. So anyone who is a good actor wants to be regulated in good jurisdictions. 
if anyone and everyone can be regulated in a jurisdiction that doesn't really do anything and it's just a paper certification exercise, that might potentially lead to questions about what's the value of being regulated in such a jurisdiction. Hmm. If something is easy to do, is that worth doing? So MES does a very good job of making sure that people who are regulated here comply to certain standards. And give us an, a sense of what crypto winter, this bear market for equities and cryptocurrencies, what does this mean for exchanges like yours? What are you focused on? So I'd say crypto winter or the bear market here is not just a function of crypto, but a function of anyone's business out there. And I'm sure many of your listeners might potentially be going through some challenging times this year. And it's not unique to crypto or equities. I mean, it is a tough market all around this year. We're here for the long haul, and we feel this is just part and parcel of the cryptocurrency industry. It is a volatile asset. It is more volatile than most, than say, equities. So that's why back to the original preamble of people need to do their own research and due diligence in terms of what the what investing in crypto has in terms of risk versus reward. We are, mm-hmm. For us, we've been in this business for quite a while. Gemini has been around since around 2014. Mm-hmm. So we've seen ups and downs. And we're a believer that, this, that cryptocurrency is a very strong, empowering technology to allow users to control their own finances and take responsibility for their own lives. So ups and downs are part and parcel of cryptocurrency. It seems interesting as an observer to see the different exchanges in a race towards getting mainstream adoption, perhaps, of their own stable coins. A Gemini has a Gemini dollar. It's a one-to-one uh, US dollar-backed stable coin. And can you give us a sense of, you know, what's being done to, I suppose, increase the adoption of your stable coin, GUSD? Oh, thank you for asking. Yes. So we issue our own stable coin called the Gemini dollar, GUSD. There are a few types of stable coins, and the way ours works is it's completely fiat-backed by cash. So every time a user deposits one US dollar, they get one GUSD. And on the Gemini platform, we guarantee that you can swap back and forth at one dollar every time. And stable coins have a lot of advantages that fiat cash do not have. You can transfer them very easily and very cheaply. You can transfer them 24-7 whenever the internet is on, effectively. Whereas if you were moving U.S. dollars, it's usually a two to three day lag and there'll be some transaction fees associated with that that are much higher compared to blockchain fees. All right. And where are you in the race uh, to you know, win the stablecoin race? We know Circle and Binance are in this race as well. Yes, I'd say it's not really a race to be the largest. I mean, we've seen other, other stablecoins that were much larger, much faster, and they perhaps have had different fortunes over the year. We don't see it so much as a race, but a slow and steady evolution of the industry because we want to operate in a regulated manner in conjunction and in consultation with our regulators. So we adopt the approach of ask for permission, not for forgiveness. Are you incentivizing GUSD adoption? By, well, yes, we are promoting it in the sense that we would like to see it used in various other decentralized applications like other like DeFi protocols, other lending platforms, we want it to be universally adopted. And but we also are very careful in terms of how we onboard people to our platform because we have a KYC threshold to make sure we just don't onboard anyone and everyone without right. the due diligence. Right.
All right. Well, it's been a very interesting conversation. Lots of great insights to crunch there. Feroz, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Michelle. Feroz Mandora is head of APEC at Gemini, the exchange we've been talking to about cryptocurrencies staking. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.